I may have a blog, but I also have a podcast. You can call me a clown, but this is my circus. Look at this new endeavor. Oh, wow. Incredible, right? What are we doing here? We don't really know. Have we Have we ever? <laughs> well, that's true. But I mean, there's a Venn diagram of Gaylords of Darkness listeners and Real Housewives watchers. And clearly, Anthony and I are smack in the middle of that. But so are some of our listeners. It turns out a lot of you really love the housewives like we do. Like, I didn't even realize until we made that uh, kind of like like little joke shit post when I was gone saying, oh, we're not going to be have an episode this week. But I initially said, oh, we're doing our new episode of Real Housewives. And then it was a joke. And so many people were so excited for it. So uh, Anthony and I talk about the housewives all the time. Literally. Like, like, we'll record and then, like, for hours we will talk about Real Housewives. Yeah. It doesn't help that we're also watching, like, four different franchises at all times. Yeah, I'm just dabbling. I'm, I've become a dabbler. Usually I'm a completionist. I will watch one franchise until I'm caught up. But I'm going back and watching older ones that I either haven't seen in forever or... Uh, haven't seen earlier seasons or something or haven't seen them at all and so I'm all over the place right now and I I kind of like it well we all collective we just finished Salt Lake season two um I'm still like halfway through the most recent season of Potomac I'm also watching and near the end of season three of Atlanta because one Stacey Jane Ponder got me sucked into Atlanta I'm like if I send enough clips and make enough references eventually Anthony has like there's nothing you're not gonna love about Real Housewives of Atlanta Stacey lays traps so (laughs) like like with mamamoo how you got me into mamamoo which just wait for for, as you called it earlier real housewives of k-pop the next series but (laughs) but you laid so many traps of like look at hwasa look at her hair look at her nails (laughs) Mm -hmm. look at just listen to just listen to this one snippet of a thing yeah, look at these drag queens in this video. Like, you figure out what to appeal me with, and then you put it under a cardboard box with a stick. <laughs> yeah. And then I go a sniffing, little truffle pig over here, and then the stick is pulled, I am trapped in the box, and then I am forever devoted to the property. And you did that to me with... I mean, I just was... I started on as a Beverly Hills only queen. And then I got into, you got me into, was Potomac the next one I got into? I think Potomac was the next one. I was like, I started Potomac and you need to watch Potomac. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you said, you said it is the ultimate franchise. And then I started, I got sucked in and then Salt Lake starts up. You started watching that. (laughs) I started on Salt Lake. I was like, I've been dying to see this. (laughs) Then you said you need to watch it. It's the ultimate franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Holy moly. I, you know what, though? It's it's done with love and uh, with your best interests at heart. Because honestly, is life better before <gasps> or after these things, you know? I fought it for so long. Like, I didn't understand what Housewives was before. And, you know, I think there's in the world of reality television and the, the, the intersection of reality television and misogyny. 
Culturally, there's this world where, like, the Kardashians are despised and the housewives are just these rich, awful women. And I didn't fully understand until I got sucked into Beverly Hills that, like, I want to follow the lives of these queens and I will learn to root for queens. I will learn to despise some queens. And sometimes they'll do a total 180 flip and I suddenly am rooting for Dorit. Yeah, I told you! <laughs> what? Well, going into, I hadn't seen the most recent seasons of Beverly Hills, because uh, I don't have cable or have, have access to, like, brand new episodes. And you don't have my we, dad's login. I don't have your dad's login for that. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Dad. So I hadn't seen recent Beverly Hills until I was staying with you, and we watched it, and you were like, I don't like to read. I don't like to read. I don't like to read. And then I think I caught up on the previous season once I came back home, and I texted you, I remember, and I was like... I don't know. <laughs> I love Dorit. Something happened. She was like because also these queens will see the series. They'll rewatch it after it's been filmed. They realize, oh, I'm sorry, I was insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like with Dorit and PK, they realize, oh wait, it's better if PK just doesn't talk. <laughs> Sometimes they get the note and they adjust their behavior and we love them. We love to stay in a queen. Well, I think honestly, oh, by the way, this, this that we're doing, <laughs> it's yep. just going to be like a once in a while thing. I think when we, when the mood strikes, this isn't a regular thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. This is, this is like, especially I think with the, how that post went over, which was hysterical. Um, this is today, you know, this is just a fun little dip in our toes in to do just a formal episode to talk about Housewives. I think specifically to talk about season two of Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are very interested in keeping, just like Gaster Peace Theater, our other side series, we want to, whenever we feel like it, we want to pepper in a little bit of joy and zazz as pertains to what we're watching in the Housewives universe. Because sometimes you just need an outlet and if you and I aren't watching the same thing like I know I've been inundating you with New Jersey season one lately I just started watching New Jersey I had seen some of the more iconic moments from the franchise but I finally started watching uh last week with season one episode one and (laughs) so I'm seeing these iconic moments happen in context of a season and so I'm like Anthony I just saw this part oh what and then it's just like, and Anthony's like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> but yesterday, the sense of just joy when you're like, I finally got to prostitution hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And oh, now Stacy's Stacy's busting out the roach motel and the little, <laughs> the little mousetrap and she's putting the cheese on it. And I've got my mouse ears on. And I'm like, you just have to watch, like, the first seven episodes. Not even. You could probably watch episodes, like, three through seven and get the whole gist of it. Yeah. But the the prostitution whore table flip (laughs) is iconic across all of the franchises. (laughs) The prostitution whore table flip. (laughs) (laughs) But I shouldn't push too hard because I'm just happy you're watching Atlanta now when I, you know, I used to say to Anthony like Atlanta is actually the greatest franchise Nene Leakes is the greatest housewife of all time oh hands down and so now finally you're getting to see why I have those opinions 
Yeah, absolutely. And, like, Nene Leakes, absolutely greatest housewife of all time. But also, what also lured me into Atlanta was Candy motherfucking Burris. Oh, yeah. Formative queen. Like, wrote no scrubs. I'm serious. I'm sorry, like, this, the song of my youth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> youth? Well, you know. Sure. 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there are so many. So we're going to, this show, we will be popping in whenever. Like, so Stacy, you're amping up towards the season six reunion uh, in Atlanta, right? Uh, I mean, that's my goal. I'm taking it. Well, now that I got sidetracked again by Salt Lake City season two, and now I've dipped my toesies into New Jersey, I got to get back to Atlanta. Because I'm with the goal of getting to season six reunion, because season six reunion is like apex Real Housewives. Oh, I can't. I need to see it. Yeah. It yeah. just sounds incredible. That whole season. That whole season. So, like, for example, down the line, maybe we'll do an episode about season six reunion. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or season six in general. Or maybe yeah. we'll dedicate ten episodes to the prostitution who are table flip. <laughs> We could do a whole mini series of those moments of prostitution whore, of slut pig, of fucking piece of shit garbage whore. Like of <laughs> close your legs to married men trash box. <laughs> oh. These women are so smart and quotable and fucking hilarious. I love them. This is a weakness of mine, though, I will admit, as a as a housewives viewer. Is that there are definitely women who make good housewives. Quote unquote, they are great housewives. Generally because they sow chaos. They stir shit. Yeah. They're just agents of chaos who keep yeah. the show moving forward. They create storylines with their madness. Somebody like Ashley Darby of Potomac. I literally, like, as you as you put those ingredients in the conjure bowl, <laughs> <laughs> like, Ashley Darby um, appeared over it in my head. Yeah, like, great, quote, housewife, but I can't stand her. I have to, and this is, like I said, it's a weakness on my part because, like, some of them become villains to me. And other people are like, I love Ashley Darby, whatever, because she's a great housewife. Oh, we'll talk about that today with some of the Salt Lake women, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I just, there's usually, there has to be something that I find endearing about them for me to fully get on board and root for them, I guess. Yes. And that's a fault of mine. Yeah. So. I could, yeah, that makes, well, hey, you're owning up to, you know, Pobody's Nerfect, as you say. Pobody's Nerfect. <laughs> but like you said earlier, also allegiances can flip. That's another thing about watching Housewives is you have to acquiesce to the fact that your your allegiances should be loose. Octavia Butler, formative <laughs> formative author and queen and MacArthur Genius Grant Award winner, once wrote, God is change and proposed an ethic and a worldview that embraces the chaos of change and the shifting natures of the world and of personhood <laughs> as the only constant. And Housewives is a very Zen lesson in exactly that uh, branch of theology, you know? It really is. You just have to accept that the one you love today may be shitty tomorrow. Yeah, and you're going to have to say, oh, no. Oh, no. 
I said, oh no, out loud. Out loud. Over and over and over again. I came across the post exposing Jenny Nguyen's racist. Oh no. Trumpist. Oh. Uh, Facebook post, the shit that got her fired from Salt Lake City. I came across that like two hours after it was posted and it was like, hey, look at all this racist shit she posted on Facebook. And it was uh, an imager thread. And just as I was scrolling down, I just said, oh, no. Oh, no. It's real because bad. It just got worse and worse and worse as it went on. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. And you you have to as a as a viewer, as a stan, as a as a feminist, you have to you have to quickly adjust and evolve as that happens. <laughs> you have to sometimes it's a lesson in accountability and calling oneself in. <laughs> yeah. You, you, know. you, you might have to cancel yourself for a hot minute. You might have to do it. With uh, someone who I have classically loved on Beverly Hills, even though she's occasionally a monster, most likely a sociopath, and definitely hates every other woman on the planet, Erica Jane. <laughs> I, had to, I had to call myself in, and I had to, you know, stop, and I had to take... Well, I went to New York. I saw Chicago when she played Roxy Hart, and then she had all of Broadway shut down for two years after that because of it. And, <laughs> you know, I got trashed at that production. I was two feet away from her, and it was incredible. And uh, afterwards, I walked out, and I took her name off placard off the marquee. <laughs> and I, I own it now. <laughs> I stole it. But did I not have to take that off my vanity? Because I said girl, your inspiration just isn't feeding me the way that it should right now because it's a little toxic. I had to call myself in. <laughs> did I Did I not weep when Erica got cast in Chicago and she signed the paperwork in front of Tom and he told her how proud he was of her and she said, thank you, baby, that's all I ever wanted to hear. And she started crying. Did I cry? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but did I also cry for those widows and orphans? On the inside, yes. Yeah, I, you definitely, you, I mean, I'm sure anybody who watches Housewives has problematic faves. Like, it's just, it's the nature of the game, you know? Nini! <laughs> Nini! <laughs> I have fully admitted since day one, like, yes, she's a fucking ego monster. She's a bully. She goes too hard on people, etc., etc. And she is the top housewife of all time. She's fucking <laughs> hilarious. She's she incredible. is a one-woman meme machine, man. Yeah, she is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, does... Uh, Potomac, does Giselle Bryant unnecessarily troll pretty much all <laughs> every day of her life? Yes, but is she smart and always right? Yes! <laughs> I love Giselle. People don't like Giselle. People don't like Robin, but they're my two... They're my two Potomac faves. Um, uh. I only have eyes for the Green-Eyed Bandits. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's be real. They are the stars. I love Potomac. Love it. All because of those two. People, that's the thing. People love Karen Huger. I'm sorry. No. I want to love Karen Huger. She's insane. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. There's something about it that I can't. Because she just lies about everything all the time. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, well, it's like the Lisa Vanderpump effect. Yeah. I, could not stand Lisa Vanderpump. I re- I liked her 
a lot of the time, I, she was really funny. Whenever she'd make, like, sex jokes, she's really funny. She stopped the Yulin Dog Meat Festival. Like, I want to love Lisa Vanderpump, but, like, she was a villain. She was the ultimate mean girl. To the point that when I see Trixie Mattel hanging out with Lisa Vanderpump, I'm like, do I have to unfollow my friend? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's a question. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can enjoy, from afar, I can enjoy... The insanity with several of the queens. But the only ones that I will pledge allegiance to are the ones that, like, I would feel safe saying (laughs) hi to. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like, your candies. Your solid, dependable queens. Your candies. Your robins. Your, um... Kyle uh, Richards. Your Kyles. Calm, collected, cool queens. I would say that about Denise Richards, but I wouldn't want Big Pharma to overhear and come after me, too. Because they're listening and they're following. <laughs> Denise, okay, we'll do a, one day we'll do, we should honestly do an episode on on season 10 and the destruction of Denise Richards. Yes. Um, Denise is a perfect motherfucking angel and I will love her forever. It's just, it's just that man is no good. Mm-hmm. That man Agreed. is no good. I mean, it's saga of her life. That man is no good. And... Well, I can't say anything more. Right. <laughs> Out of respect to Agreed. one of my very favorite actors of all time. So today, though, Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, today. <laughs> so, so season two, I have my dad's login, whatever. It's really weird. I have to trick my phone into playing these episodes against, like, against all of Jeff Bezos' will or whatever. And somehow I'm able to access it, and I, I talk to Stacy, and I say, if you want to get right with God, and if you want to really um, treat yourself while we're still in the thick of a pandemic and just, like, sad times and, and war and all these awful things, you need to just purchase Salt Lake Season 2 so you can watch it as it airs and we can talk about it. And I did. I took the plunge, and let me tell you, because otherwise I'd have to wait, like, a year for it to show up on Hulu or whatever so I could watch it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so long! So long. Like, they don't premiere until, like, they don't premiere the last season on Hulu until the new season is starting. And that's mean. And season two was still happening, and it's happening in real life. There are things happening that are related to Salt Lake City. Oh, it's straight up. Yeah, it's like a living episode of Dateline every fucking week. Uh, <laughs> so the I was show like, is sentient. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I have to do it, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'm so happy you you um, treated yourself to this this form of self care. It really felt like self care. It felt it's really good. important. It's yeah. so it was an amazing feeling to actually like watch the episodes on the day they come out and not be spoiled about anything because I get to watch it like when it is happening. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Having gone, I mean, watching every other season in, in the time machine after the fact, I already knew everything that's going to happen. And Salt Lake is interesting in that it's like a brand, this is only season two. It's a brand new franchise. And the women who are on Salt Lake city for the most part, the vast majority of them are very savvy housewives. They are well aware of the public discourse around the show. A lot of the show actually happens off camera in private encounters, which sounds really sexy, but that's not what I mean. 
Imagine that, though. <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very, it feels like several of them are playing producer all the time and being very deliberate in trying to extend storylines or make storylines happen. Absolutely. It, pla- it plays out over social media. And so it's like, it's a really kind of interesting franchise and in that it's very meta. On some of the other seasons, for real, like, especially the more established ones, like, someone will show up on the show, like, brand new, and it's like, oh, did you not know what Housewives, do you not know what this is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, they don't come prepared, but on Salt Lake, like, yeah, everyone did the pre-SATs, the Cliff's Notes, uh, to a point that, like, at, I mean, by the time we got to the reunion, I was like, okay, I, I need people to, like, not <laughs> be so skilled in the ways of housewives because it's too much now yeah the gap between the season finale and the reunion it's obvious that some of them spent that interim on twitter (laughs) reading opinions about themselves to bring things into the reunion to talk about it's just wild also like going back to early seasons of atlanta or like starting new jersey and just how different Real Housewives was the world of Real Housewives 10, 10, 12 years ago, you know? Yeah, 10 to 14 something years in the past. When I mean, even the whole way we experience television and media has completely changed in that time. Or like when, like when I started at season three, I just jumped in at season three. I like to pick a random place instead of just starting from the beginning. <laughs> but with season three, you told me to start there. I did. I jump in and Nini, like the first episode, Nini shows up and is like, did you see this about Kim being a lesbian? I don't believe her. <laughs> and then, like, but she's bringing a magazine. Yeah, she brought like In Style magazine with a big article on Kim's Ulciac with DJ Tracy. DJ oh Tracy. God, we have to talk about it. We have okay. to talk about all the gays. We have to talk about all of the housewives that I mean, I mean, you could do an entire series just on the housewives that dabble in music, but also the yeah, phenomenon. I don't know how many people who are listening to this will even know what I'm really talking about, but like the phenomenon of the early to mid 2000s, lesbian. Yeah. The L word really boosted lesbiana. Yep. Into the pop culture zeitgeist for a minute. So you have Paris Hilton with the L word cast hanging out. You have several Real Housewives. Danielle Staub of New Jersey. Kim Zolciak of uh, Atlanta. Hooking up with these lesbians who... A lesbian is like a famous lesbian, but they're generally only famous within the world of lesbians. You know what I mean? But that was the prime time of the lesbian. And so just going back on these franchises and watching the crossover is just incredible and such a, like, flashback. It's so good. And truly a different era. Just such a different era. Versus Salt Lake. (laughs) I know. See, this is is the beauty of the Real Housewives of Darkness, though, is that there's no format. And we're just talking. This is the way we talk in real life. Yeah. Uncensored. (laughs) <laughs> uncensored, unstructured, so it's probably all over the place, but, uh, oh well. <laughs> There's only five people in the middle of the Zen diagram. Exactly. Zen di- the Zen diagram. Yeah, we're like Zen Wen on the <laughs> Yeah. That's a whole episode, the Stepfording of Wendy. What happened? Uh, 
You'll get there. When you do, we'll talk. Very sad, yeah. Yeah. Salt Lake City. What the fuck is this show? (laughs) What is this show? My big takeaway from season two, like I said to you, was that I don't, I think the franchise is going to burn out because it reminds me of when Models, Inc. (laughs) spun off of Melrose Place. There's connective tissue with Lisa Rinna. It's related. But Melrose Place started out slow and boring. Uh, Dr. Kimberly Shaw didn't pull her wig off until, like, season three and reveal the scar underneath. No, that was, like, season three. It's the Rhonda Johnsoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melrose Place spins off and goes all the way to Chernobyl levels in episode one. Never mind season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. It had sexual assault. It had suicide. It had drugs. It had everything. It just went over the top soap opera. Oh, wait, Models Inc., right? Models Inc., yeah. yeah. It went over the top soap opera from the jump. And I feel like that's what Salt Lake is doing. And mm-hmm. most of that is probably because of Jen Shaw and her legal problems. But... Her name is Jennifer Shaw. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Very sorry. But it just feels like it's too crazy. And also none of them actually feel like friends. Oh, no. It's just like the, it's just like those fucking piece of shit husbands that I don't want to see. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. We could do a whole show on the husbands. Like, why would we? Let's talk about the husband. Let's talk about the husband. Like, (laughs) it's all of those husbands you're telling me they hang out and they golf no they don't they don't no, they, you're telling me lisa barlow's mute rinfield of a husband <laughs> wants to hang out with those guys yeah no he doesn't they're not friends and i don't think any of these like potomac i fully believe that they do know each other because these are the 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 black queens that run the philanthropy world of potomac Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what's different about Potomac was Potomac was supposed to initially be a different series about manners and what it was like in this, in the Potomac and the philanthropy world and, and, uh, etiquette. And then they totally shifted it and it's just real housewives, but they're, you believe they're friends. They know each other. They're at the same socials. Salt Lake. It's just a bunch of people that like Lisa Barlow just pulled her names out of a hat. <laughs> yeah. They're only connected by the fact that they all go to Beauty Lab and Laser, run by Heather. <laughs> yeah, they either know Lisa Barlow or they go to Beauty Lab and Laser. Yeah, and I mean, they all, they're all working towards the same facial structure, so. Like... <laughs> and I say that, no shame, I love plastic surgery, I fully endorse plastic surgery. But there's a Beauty Lab and Laser template, let's say. There is a, a lookbook. Yeah. But so that's how they're all connected. I don't, yeah, I fully agree. I don't think they're friends. I think Whitney and Heather are friends. There's always two. Always two there are. <laughs> Giselle and Robin, Whitney and Heather. Bad, bad weather. weather. <laughs> there we Thank go. Whitney and so Heather, bad weather, tornado. <laughs> Spin the truth, destroy. <laughs> oh. But it's totally, like, by the time we get to, okay, 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 question. The Mother's Day meltdown trip. Uh. So they go on a couple trips in this season. They go to Vale, which was the closest thing to a horror film. Well, well, <laughs> besides the real life horror film that was like Taylor's awful, everything awful that happened to her in Beverly Hills in season between season one and two. 
Uh, besides that, and well, besides Alison Dubois, curse <laughs> screaming and laughing at everybody, um, the closest thing to a horror film we've ever seen in Real Housewives was the the trip to Vale and uh, not the trip, but when they're in the parking lot at Beauty Lab and Laser, and the Homeland Security shows up uh, for Jennifer Shaw. Incredible television. They don't know what's happening. Jen Shaw gets tipped off. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sharif's bleeding. Whatever. His anal bleeding is happening. I don't believe it for a minute. How much do you think she paid him to tell, to say rectal bleeding? I... (laughs) Like, what? So that's happening. Sharif's anus is bleeding, like the old uh, meme. And then... She gets tipped off. She tries to get away. Everyone keeps talking to her. She finally goes. They're just sitting on the bus. And then you just see all the people. Just like the fucking SWAT. Just like slowly coming into frame. And poor Jerry, the driver, coming out to be like, Can I help you guys? <laughs> Absolute horror. So Vale was unhinged. Like, all the trips. A trip in the Housewives is always an apocalyptic moment of awfulness. Like, it's where Let's Talk About the Husband happened. Those poor people in Europe that are just, like, enjoying their their pasta or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the poor poor people who are in any restaurant when the oh. housewives descend. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They go to they go to like in in season eleven. I, they go to like the fucking Vat- or no, it's season ten of Beverly Hills. They go to like the Vatican, and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> but also, if anyone deserves it, it's the Vatican. So, um, my question though is: the Mother's Day meltdown trip was that the most amazing slash awful trip in the history of Real Housewives? Quite possibly. <laughs> fucking nuts yeah that's the thing about salt lake city especially when you have jennifer shaw in the mix is you never know when it's just gonna go crazy because she'll be somebody will be like jen i really didn't like it when you came over to my house and pooped on the floor (laughs) and she'll be like okay i hear what you're saying i hear you saying that but how come it's always about me what about me you're saying that i can't poop when i have to poop who are you to tell me when and where i can poop i have to tell that to coach (laughs) and she just immediately is screaming and yelling and crying and is what about me and you never know when it's gonna strike and it's incredible to watch it really is (laughs) stunning like they show up like all the has all because all the husbands hang out we all know this they're all friends i don't want to see any of them there has never no husband ever belongs in housewives unless your name is Maurizio. the only straight couple i will ever stand besides rob zombie and cherry moon zombie Maurizio and kyle richards um but anyway all the husbands get together and they're like oh we hate our wives where should we send them for mother's day so we don't have to like shower them with affection and time the old balls and chains, where do yeah. I go? Uh, the old battle axes, let's put them on a bus and send them somewhere, boys. Am I right? Take our wives, please. <laughs> honk, honk. Yeah, they, they do their dance with their vaudeville canes. <laughs> and then they, they they ship all the wives over to, where were they? There's some, some place, some compound. <laughs> and then... As I described it to you, like, fucking midsummer happens. Like, it's straight up just 
a maenad, like Dionysus inhabited all of their bodies. <laughs> they all became maenads, like just the horrible screaming and just nonstop arguing and oh, Miriam Cosby giving everyone the fucking stink eye and just being appalling. Everyone's just going off at each other. Then they go to bed. Then they wake up. Meredith is in the foyer screaming at nobody. (laughs) And yet at everybody at the same time. Won't stop. Constant battles. Constant fights. Constant arguing. Did Jen do it? Did Jen not do it? Meredith hired a private investigator. All these awful... Mary just hates everyone. Ginny tries to remind people that she's there. It's just everything is, goes <laughs> awful. And then suddenly they get fucking wasted. They all apologize. They all start crying. Whitney takes her top off. All, like, <laughs> it turns into a bacchanal. And then they all wake up like in the same beds <laughs> the yeah. next morning. <laughs> Yeah. I have no idea what happened, and they're all friends. It was such a journey. <laughs> what was that trip? I always love when they get wasted. Like, there was the one, is it season nine of Beverly Hills? Where they went to Italy or something, and then, like, they like Kyle and Teddy especially got wasted and ended up in bed. And then, like, just always the next morning when they show, like, the clothes on the floor. And the, you know. The bottle just... by the pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whitney drinking Whitney drinking out of that giant like over the top uh display serving did like oh my god there's still a part of me that's like did Whitney and Jen Shaw have sex <laughs> that night it's not out of the realm of possibility <laughs> right let's I be real fully think it could have happened I'm just yeah. saying it, it's just so fucking wild so wild i had no idea where to go from there and i just don't following that up then getting to the reunion and then and then oh the reunion was awful everyone's going oh i mean that's i fully even disregard it we had that great moment with lisa barlow a fucking piece of shit garbage whore (laughs) (laughs) everything is revealed people left the trip thinking everything was fine then they see that footage and they come back from the reunion for the reunion and then heather Ugh. Man. She, it happened in season one, is that I like her throughout the season, and then she really shows her ass at the reunion. Yeah! I walk away from it, and <laughs> she ends up being my least favorite. Yeah! She turns into a self-righteous bully at the reunions. She's a monster, and it's always like, it's always, how do I, who do I suck up to? Because I want to be their bestie for whatever reason. Like, I don't know, for more money at Beauty Lab and Laser. <laughs> so, like, this season, she's all, she's Jen's best friend. Which I'm, like, fine with. Jen needs a friend. I like Jen Shaw. She's a criminal. I like Jen Shaw. <laughs> like, um, but, but she's just, like, so, she just goes off. Like, everyone set their sights on Lisa Barlow. And Heather, more than anybody, just will not let up. No, she insert anytime someone else had a grievance with Lisa Barlow, because that's all it was, was people airing their grievances against Lisa Barlow. Yeah, the entire reunion was just that. Um, Heather found a way to also add to it. Like, we were talking about this, we were talking about this, and, like, because I was behind, because, you know, I was on my trip, so I couldn't watch Housewives. And so, I was like, I was like, tell me something, tell me what, did you watch it? And you said, oh, Heather's back at it, and it's just like... I I told you, like, I get the sense of, like, 
And knowing a lot of Mormons, I grew up with a lot of Mormons and reformed Mormons. And so I feel like anthropologically, it helps me kind of understand (laughs) these women a little bit better than other viewers. But like, I just feel like Heather is that reformed Mormon who is trying so hard to be like the woke, like popular, like warrior woman. Like she's, she is like the, she is like the newly newly warrior feminist i don't know like she just is so she's gonna do everything right she's gonna say all the right things she's gonna read what the people on twitter say and she's gonna stand up for the truth like i'm not saying she's a feminist i'm just trying to think like that's how i best have experienced that kind of archetype in people and where it's just like oh i learned about social inequality and now that's all i talk about (laughs) i don't know heather just needs to tone it down I mean, yeah, say what you will about Mary Cosby, but she absolutely nailed it when she said that, you know, Heather still has all the righteousness of a Mormon and all the, like, self-importance and all of that. Like, it still feels like she's super Mormon without the Mormonism. Absolutely. But she very much enjoys her moral superiority, and she gets so patronizing, and that's what drives me crazy. She's like, oh, Lisa, we love you just the way you are. It's like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, and that thing where it's like, she says that, and then Andy's like, oh, also, it needs to be said, Andy Cohen, fucking hate him. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. He just exploits these queens, and it works, because I watch the show, but I, I hate him. So... And what he did to Kathy Griffin, what he and Anderson Cooper did to Kathy Griffin, uh, unfor- unforgivable. Yep. Goddamn queen. So anyway, uh, oh, I got so upset I forgot. <laughs> Heather being self-righteous. Heather being self-righteous. She comes in, she says that to Lisa Barlow. She says that thing about, we love you as you are, whatever. And someone, I think Andy or somebody is like, well, but you came in really hot. And she's like, well, because she wasn't. She wasn't being the fun Lisa or whatever she said. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, she's not she's not performing how I need her to, like, was essentially what she was saying. And it's just like, well, you don't get to decide. You don't get to punish people. And also, can we take a step back and look at this reunion <laughs> and look at the fact that they spent the entire time coming for poor Lisa Barlow, who, yes, is sometimes a very dishonest person. I personally, we've talked about this, I personally think that she just thinks she has to be perfect. She engineers relationships where she gets to be perfect. And she just really wants to do right by people. But in doing that, she is incapable of honesty with her friends, with true honesty when it needs to happen. So she engineers events so that honesty can be exposed through other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't think she's a monster. So so whatever. Everyone's gearing up on Lisa, but I'm like, I feel cheated by this reunion because Mary M. Cosby was not there. Mm-hmm. The truth about Ginny... Just like the Renee Zellweger series, The Thing About Pam, the truth about Ginny had not yet come out. Yeah, so they basically just awkwardly cut out probably 98% of Jenny's content. So it's like, was she even at the... Like, they didn't even really have her at the reunion, basically. Yeah. And then, like, and then, like, I said I like Jennifer Shaw, but, like, on top of all of that, then, like... We got like what part, like the end of the third part is about Jen Shaw and the crimes or the alleged crimes. And then everyone just like just sucking up to her and being like, we love her. We believe her. You know, Heather says, I don't care whether she's guilty because she's my friend. Um, Uh. And it's like, meanwhile, on Real House, like what's so funny about this season also is that the entire season, it was never an issue about 
Like, except for maybe at the very beginning when it first happened and Lisa called six different lawyers. And then and then Whitney kind of had her moment where she's like, we need to look out for how this might affect us. But that was like a really quick episode. On Beverly Hills, the entire second half of the season is everybody freaking out trying to figure out what to do about Erica. There were f- like four or five episodes of that reunion about Erica the entire time just getting grilled nonstop. We don't get that with Jen either. And I'm like, we're all coming for Lisa. We have an alleged criminal facing up to 50 years in prison and her her number one assistant and partner just pled guilty and also is, <laughs> she was charged with threatening him after that. Then we have uh, Mary M. Cosby, who is conf- a confirmed cult leader and who steals money from her congregation well, that can't be proven. An alleged cult leader who allegedly steals money from her congregation. I mean, she's just, it's like Jen Shaw said, though, like, basically every church is a cult to some extent. Like, I, I mean, Mary is just running a church. That's the thing that's going to make that so tricky. It's like, what is, until enough of her excommunicated or ex you know, people who have quit the church or whatever, until those people go to a lawyer and file some kind of class action or something nothing can really be no and and that's really super true and it does need to be said that churches all churches non-pro you know taxes in churches it's all money laundering i'm sorry but it's true all it's just like how in the in the art world in the philanthropy world all philanthropy is just tax evasion for rich people so i don't i mean i I, sure but like it, it has been expressed through eyewitness testimony that Miriam Cosby was taking people in her congregation who shockingly have passed away. I had no idea. Were like getting mortgage, second mortgages on their home to give her like vast amounts of money just out of pure faith. It is just it's very weird that like it came up at that one dinner where everybody was talking about Jen Shaw, at least. And when Meredith was like, oh, I got the private investigator and blah, 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 blah. They were then they were kind of airing their actual concerns about Jen. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she do it? And Meredith went on her tirade about, like, don't invite me if you invite her. If she did this, it's repellent and whatever, whatever. That's not what Meredith sounds like. <laughs> Let me get something straight, okay? <laughs> if you invite Jennifer Shaw, do not invite me. Are we clear on this? Are we clear? That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm no, no. I'm walking away from this. I'm walking away from this. I, this is disgusting. This is disgusting that you people are sitting here saying these things to me and my family. <laughs> my family. <laughs> Her family that poses. The family that po- her fucking family that poses. <laughs> so good. Uh, but it did kind of like it just I think it's because it turned into Detective Whitney yeah. with her red string trying to tie everything together and the focus shifted to Meredith's memorial for her father and what day did it happen and all of these things and it's like aren't we focusing on the wrong thing? things here like maybe lisa heard the wrong day maybe meredith said the wrong day like who cares 
This is just a threes company level miscommunication. And Whitney Absolutely. is like, no, I think, did Meredith call the feds? It's like, <laughs> they're the feds. <laughs> They've been assembling their case against Jen Shaw for years. If not they, like a decade or more. They don't need anyone to call them. Yeah, they don't need Meredith to be like, she's in, she's in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm not there because I am not going to sit on that bus <laughs> with those women saying things about my family. I'm about still Brooks. suffering. I'm still... Do you know my son has not declared a sexuality? <laughs> Bullshit, Meredith Bullshit. Marks. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Meredith Marks. I want to love her, and I flip-flop on Meredith Marks all the time. Yeah, same. Do I love that she's a lawyer turned, like, what... Is she a fashion designer? She just Or she just makes jewelry? Or she just buys jewelry and sells it in a store? What does she do? Like, she... I think she, like, took the bar... Like, I don't think she has a law license. I think she took the bar, but has never actually practiced law. Okay. She also has, like, a master's in business or something like that. But then she all, and then I guess, I don't know, she went to Joanne Fabrics and saw all the beads and was like, I'm going to do that. (laughs) So she started jewelry. I don't know. All the beads. <laughs> so I like all of those are reasons why I want to love Meredith Marks, and I do have half the half of the season I loved Meredith Marks, and the other half I was just like, I don't know what the fucking truth is. And she, what? I, here, wait, I'm sorry to interrupt, I, but I have to say, I feel like on a stinger for one of these episodes of the reunion, they were going to address Meredith's <gasps> Halloween Town plastic chest the breastplate breastplate but then it never came up you're absolutely right because i had a flashback because as you said that they said they show coming up and andy says were you wearing question from a viewer were you wearing a breastplate yeah and then i lost my mind because i had a flashback to you talking about that (laughs) and then it you're i just remember i'm losing my everything's lighting up like that meme I, I, it never happened, did it? It never happened. They're getting messy. Yeah. Ah. Meredith Marks, is it, was it or was it not a breastplate? What are these, what, Meredith Marks plays with facts just as much as the other women on this show. She pretends that she is a lawyer, <laughs> like, with the facts. But she's just as loosey-goosey with the facts. Brooks Marks, when the first season... Brooks Marks. I mean, do we need to say more? When the first season came out, there was a magazine profile, like, and I think it was a Salt Lake magazine, and it's on the first out gay child of a housewife. And it's a profile on Brooks Marks. I'm sorry, Meredith, your son hasn't come out as gay? Bullshit! She just... She finds a way... To make an argument in her favor, and then she just, it's very lawyerly. She bends the truth around it, and she just adds enough decor decor around it. So, oh, he hasn't chosen a sexuality. (laughs) No, he has, and he's gay. Just, (laughs) what? (sighs) No. No. I know. If she didn't pal up with Mariam Cosby. Mariam Cosby is a prime example of 
She's Twitter's darling. People love her because she's so fucking weird and, you know, housewife's gold. And I just cannot stand her and I'm so happy she's going to be gone. I said good riddance. I'm sorry. I cannot stand Miriam Cosby. I feel, I have called myself in. I have questioned my half-white fragility and privilege and white supremacy upbringing and conditioning around that to be like, why do I despise Mary so much compared to these other queens, you know? Uh, But the thing is, Mary, from, like, it was honestly seeing how quickly Mary did a 180 at Whitney. Whitney was the only person that was advocating for Mary in that first season. Whitney, I, I, I flip-flop around with Whitney, too. I still, she's the closest to my favorite still, I think, on the show. But she's done some things this season that I'm just like, oh, girl, it's, now is not the time. And I I love Detective Whitney, but you're absolutely right. It's asinine, her theory. Um, but I still had that question around that theory, because why are Meredith and, and Mary best friends? It doesn't make any sense. I think now it's because Meredith just decided she hated all of them, and Mary also did, so they had kinship in that respect. With Mary, she's just how quickly she disregarded Whitney and just wrote her off and just would not hear her out at any point, all because Whitney failed to pick up her phone one time. And because she is so used to being treated like God and being told, you're such a good dresser. (laughs) In church. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's not cool. And the fact that she only is capable of just throwing bile at people and also not doing it in a clever way. <laughs> I just said, I, I don't have time for Mary. I can't deal with her. Also, the racism, the blatant racism towards Jenny and towards Mexican people and also other black people is a little much. That's the thing in the narrative is both Mary and Jenny can be awful. <laughs> and both of them can be racist. And both of them can be racist, yeah. I mean, I guess it's the colloquial term meaning of racism. If you want to get into like textbook where it's like the power differential and who's got the power like can black people actually be racist under those terms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is the argument people use is that I mean, it came out at the reunion where she where Andy said that Mary said that black people can't be racist. Mhm. She said racist things to Jenny on multiple occasions. Absolutely. And the, Absolutely. Fact, that, the fact that Meredith was like, well, I, I, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's offensive, but I, I wouldn't say it. And it's like, Jenny just said it was offensive. Like, okay, no characters. <laughs> like, okay, here's the thing. Meredith Marks, you don't get to say, none of you white queens get to say what is and isn't racist. Like, that, like, if Ginny says it's racist, if Mary says it's racist, if Jin says it's racist, there you go. That's your bar. Um, and, and that's the thing that I thank you for also addressing that about, like, what racism is. I think it's that people hear the word and everyone freezes up. It's like, guess what? We are all racist. All people raised and, and conditioned under white supremacy are racist uh, and absorb, absorb that cultural conditioning. And you, the, what, you know, what, what, what dumb people it's called the work (laughs) is like is constantly trying to work against that and to be anti-racist so reverse racism that's not real right like you cannot structurally you cannot be racist against white people just like you can't be sexist against a man because that's a power differential but in within minority groups they you can be racist towards each other 
and there can be bigotry and there can't but yeah that, so anyway i just wanted to also clarify that yeah it was just it was funny to watch heather backpedal on the reunion over her you look like an anime character which i think she did mean in a harmless way yeah but but to be like oh, no i didn't mean it because you're asian i meant it because you look like a, a cartoon it's like i meant it because you were wearing a wig and you look yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you like, look no, like you... an anime character which like she just <laughs> proved her point <laughs> Yeah, like, no, you meant it because she's Asian and, and had all that stuff yeah. on. And, like, just say, like, you know what? Yeah, that's an example of, like, an everyday thing that you could find offensive that I didn't even consider. I'm sorry. I'll do better. What did Jenny say to that? Like, she was like, oh, no, I hear you. But the thing is, I just don't like that you made that association or something like that. I'm tired of the, the those associations or something. Like, absolutely. What Jenny? What? Hands down. We're not apologizing for Jenny. No, no. Her posts are awful. Her fucking vile. And it really sucked. Hit Stacy saying, oh no, oh no, oh no. Like, it really fucking sucks. And it really fucking sucks that white supremacy pits different races against each other. To the end that, that this is a conversation, that these horrible things happen. Right. And it's a shame it'll never, it'll never get addressed on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So... I feel cheated. Yeah. <laughs> Me yeah so, well, I mean, well, I mean, it's, you know, like, it should play out. Because uh, what if people, I mean, I don't know that anybody watches Housewives and isn't in tune with what's going on. But it's like, all of a sudden, Jenny is just gone. Mm-hmm. And, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no accountability, basically. I mean, I guess she lost, she lost her job, but it wasn't her main source of income either. And she's so. also rich. Yeah. Like, I mean, Mary is just gone. Jen might go to prison or you might still stick around. So it, it's, it's a shame because there could be, it could have been a more interesting conversation. I mean, that's why, but honestly, that's why like when it comes to race on these shows that all of the franchises are so fucking cringy except Potomac because they actually talk openly and honestly about race because they have the direct lived experience all together. And Atlanta, it came up when Kim Zolciak was on the show. Yeah. And and busted out her, I don't I don't see color. Like, they actually addressed why that's a problem. Yeah, Kim Zolciak, the means. random white woman. Yeah, like, it, you know, like, what does that actually mean when you say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people were there to educate her, right? And to challenge her versus Sutton says it on Salt Lake. Or, no, Salt Lake. Wow, they're all blending together. Sutton says it to Crystal on Beverly Hills in the latest season, and then she just continues to spiral out and have a whole fucking meltdown about it, and nobody says anything. Nobody listens to Crystal. Like, Garcelle is kind of there to to talk with her about it, but even Garcelle is like, well, maybe she didn't mean it this way. It is. It's it's interesting as they try to diversify some of these franchises. Like, these kind of issues are going to keep coming up. Like, the the microaggressions or... Jen, like, Jen Shah, like, uh, you're not getting prosecuted because you're brown. <laughs> like, you're getting prosecuted because you broke the law for a really long time. You're getting prosecuted because uh, you defrauded elderly people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she very legitimately would bring up throughout the course of the season, like, the way she's treated and the way her husband and sons are treated versus... Absolutely. And I think that was a really vital thing, and I don't know if it actually sank in with any of the women on the show absolutely jen shot well that was a disgusting thing that andy said actually i don't even think anybody it was ever pointed out um i'm sure some viewers noticed it but like when jen shaw provided the ring 
you know, everyone has those stupid fucking doorbell cameras now. And, like, I get that Jen Shaw has it because, like, she's genuinely, like, rich. But, like, I, like, just, I, I don't, you don't need a fucking doorbell for your camera. That's so, or a camera for doorbell. It's so stupid. And I'm tired of seeing those videos. But anyway, she provided that ring app footage from when the SWAT team came into her house and they were leading out, like, pushing out and escorting out her, her son's and, like, what, her nephew, who are all young black men, at fucking gunpoint. And these are, like, terrified teenagers, black teenagers. And it was awful. And, like, Andy asked her, like, why did why did you supply that footage? I mean, he le- asks a very leading question, and, and she answers, like, you know, because people need to see this. And she's absolutely right. It was horrifying and powerful. You wish you didn't have to watch it. But it happened. But then Andy says, do you, do you know if, um... Stuart's family was treated the same way if Stuart's children were treated like that. And it's like, Andy, no, they weren't. Stuart's children are white. We can empirically say that did not, that experience did not happen to his children. It's fucking awful. So it is, in- that conversation across all the franchises is interesting. That is a problem. It's like, well, what does it mean to, honestly, I mean, this goes back to integration, but to integrate the housewives now, what does it mean to integrate without support? Um, Garcelle uh, coming on to Beverly Hills is a great example of that. Not a great example, but an unfortunate example of this, where Garcelle spends the first two seasons, she's been on two seasons now, and she's still like, I don't know that I have a connection to any of you women or that I'm valued here. I don't know that I have a friend here. Like, because Garcelle is the token black woman. She is an amazing fucking queen. Uh, she's incredible. She's great on the show. But, like, there's definitely the white, the group of white women, and then there's Garcelle. Uh, this is the problem in, in the nonprofit industrial complex that I take part in. Like you wanna you wanna implement uh equity, diversity, inclusion, or if you're a really awful person, you call it Jedi now, justice, equity, diversity, <laughs> inclusion. You write grant funding to get to bring on more people of color and to change your institution. And then you bring on people, you hire them, but you don't have the cultural competency. You don't counteract the actual like whiteness and and racism that already exists in your workplace so you're just bringing these people in unsupported to have to exist among it (laughs) and then you are tasking them with doing the work of educating everybody and making the environment livable which is just not doable so then it fails and then what do you know you're still left with a white organization so that i mean that's happening on on all of these shows where they're trying to do it and it's i don't know there's got to be a better way to do it yeah, they just throw Garcelle to the wolves, basically. You yeah. Know? And and she's tasked with being the model minority and with just like, and like you said, educating women if she dares to speak up about something. Like mm-hmm. kudos for to Jen Shaw for speaking up every time she senses it, no matter who it's coming from. In the reunion, that was amazing. Every time she just put, it's racism. Yeah. <laughs> That's racist. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, unfortunately, the other women of color on the show, it's like Miriam Cosby is a fucking wackadoodle uh, with her plenty of her own prejudices and who probably on some level thinks that she herself is different from other black people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the ones that are hanging out at the 7-Eleven. Uh, let's look at, going back to our other series and look at Candyman and look at the different, look at, uh, you know, how Vanessa A. Williams it talks about like the idea of co-opting whiteness and what does that mean as a person of color? Yeah. And then you have Jenny who has very valid points of view in some regards. And then her Facebook comes out and you're like, oh no, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> you, you don't like black people? What's going on? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It's and and also like housewives. What kind of meaningful? I mean, I say it's too bad none of it was addressed, but it's like, but what kind of meaningful conversation do we hope is going to come out of it? Yeah. Anyway, on fucking housewives, where they're all going to make it about themselves in one way or another. I would never be racist. <laughs> I would. Ne- it's just like every apology. Every, the housewives apology is so classic. It go. It transcends franchises. It's. I am so sorry if I hurt you in any way with the things that I may or may not have done. <laughs> I would never I would never do the things that you think I did that hurt you. May I would you. never do that to hurt you and you know I would never do that to hurt you and <laughs> if I did I am so I am sorry. Come through. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But like underneath that and all of this conversation, especially as it pertains to race on Housewives, it's like, uh, but like all the white women are racist on this show. <laughs> on all the shows. We know it. They just don't talk about it. Just like how many of these women, and especially on Salt Lake, how many of them are Trumpers? <laughs> I'm waiting for that shoe to drop with Whitney. I honestly am. I'm so scared. I love Whitney. I like when the show started, you told me, um, you were like, Whitney is the most emotionally intelligent housewife in all of the franchises. Season one. She really, and even on season two, like she has moments where you see Whitney and she is, she is very saint like. <laughs> sometimes yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just i think the the detectiving and i do love a detective on housewives a detective is a sacred archetype like robin <laughs> robin is a detective <laughs> god i love robin um robin goes the extra mile as a detective because also robin is the most pure of all the housewives i think like and i mean in the sense of innocence mm-hmm. but um robin goes even beyond as a detective because she also implements disguises <laughs> Like, like when she was the pizza oh, boy. Pizza boy. Oh my god, it's so good. But like, so a detective is a very, very key position of honor in Housewives. <laughs> right. Um, and I love Detective Whitney, but, but yeah, she really. It's just like it's a question of timing, and it's like she really went too far with Meredith and the her 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 father who had just passed away. Yeah. And that was really unfortunate. I, I still have hope, despite being subjected to that sex scene with her and her husband, which was heterosexual terrorism. Anytime they, the, like a, a relationship needs rehabilitation for whatever reason on screen, Karen and Ray in the bathtub. <laughs> Meredith and Seth this entire season. Oh, God. Like, no one enjoys it. No one no. watching the show enjoys any of those scenes. I'm sorry if you're the straightest straight that ever... Straighted. Straighted. <laughs> no, no one enjoys those scenes. And I... Whitney really lost a lot of status in my eyes with that, just for subjecting me to it's it. It's like, girl, just get back on the pole and leave him out of it. <laughs> Whitney and her husband. I don't need that. No. I don't need it. The only, once again, the what true love looks like is Maurizio in his pajamas and Kyle screaming at him, you need to change. The people are showing up in five minutes and he's high as shit. That is true love. <laughs> That's the only, it's as far as I need to see it. Uh, Lisa Barlow. Oh. 
early in, I I liked her moments in season one. She had her moments with me. I thought she was a sure. monster, but she was funny. Yeah. Uh, and then early season two, I remember texting you and just like Doria, I was like, I don't know. I, I love Lisa Barlow, Anthony. <laughs> I love Lisa Barlow. I'm sorry. I think I apologized to you. Like, I'm sorry. I love Lisa. You did. I can't help it. I can't help it. I think, I think that she's a big softie. She is. Underneath her, her tough veneer that gets her into so much trouble. She's a big softie. Um, She wins me over with her relationship to food. I love Taco Bell and fine dining. (laughs) It really got me when they were on the sprint in the sprinter van the day the SWAT team descended and all of this, right? All of this is going on. What's happening? Lisa calls her six lawyers. Are we going to be in trouble with this? What's happening? Are we going to be in trouble with all of this? I don't know. And then she was like, I feel so bad for her son and her husband. <laughs> and then somebody comes on with the snack bags and she immediately is like, oh, she had mint Milano's. <laughs> And she got so excited for Mint Milano's, and I was like, I love you. (laughs) Okay, my favorite. Okay, Lisa Barlow said some amazing things this season. Yeah, she did. Probably the most quotable of this entire series so far. Yes. Um, Between, what was the line when she had the conversation with Heather? (laughs) And Heather said... Oh, when Heather was like, oh, oh, I I feel for you. She said, yeah, I feel for me too. (laughs) Completely sincere. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she says that. She said she had the the rant of the ages, which actually was so wonderful to hear because it was her just being flat out honest and unfiltered. And like, also, I was like, do not admit this into evidence because she thought this was in confidence with herself. Like, all of these women have ranted awful things about each other in privacy of their own home. It's completely unfair to crucify Lisa Barlow for saying any of those things. And I think in a moment of feeling absolutely alone and betrayed by one of her closest friends, even regardless of how they got there, she went off. But, so we had the the fucking piece of shit garbage whore family that poses, that entire rant, which was the most beautiful Shakespearean monologue of all time. Tarantino wishes. He wishes. (laughs) But then... Her family that poses. It's so good. But that's what they do! Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. Um, And then, and then when there's, earlier there's a conversation between, like, her and, like, these two other women, and I can't remember who they are, and they're talking about, like, Chick-fil-A or something. (laughs) And she's like, she's like... I love Chick-fil-A, but no joke, I have been on such a KFC kick. <laughs> like, I just love her. <laughs> I thought she was a monster. I didn't understand, like, I was fully there with Detective Whitney. Especially, Detective Whitney did s- pull out some truth bombs here and there. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, the Angie catering conspiracy. And that bizarre staged conversation. And I loved Whitney just shutting it down and being like, no, this is a plot. This is a scheme or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, because that was just fucking weird and lazy. It was sloppy. But 
by the time it came to the reunion, I really did see the softy, and I saw how much she was being ganged up on, and that she, when she said, I don't, I, you don't know how vulnerable I really am, and it's really hard for me to show that side of myself, and she starts crying, I was like, oh, that's completely real. When at one of the dinners or lunches or what the fuck ever's earlier in the season, when she was being accused of Caterergate, and she was like, why would I ever want to mess up that charity? It's an LGBT charity that they were raising money for. Why would I ever sabotage that? And she talked about her gay grandpa and had a breakdown. Yeah, that was nice. And I know we're talking about season two, but how could we ever talk about Lisa Barlow and not worship at the altar of... All of the queens, well, was it Whitney, Heather, and Lisa are going race car driving? (laughs) And Lisa Barlow talks a big-ass game, and she spends the entire episode leading up to it being like, I love race cars, we have a race car, I love driving, I love driving. (laughs) Cut to, like, Whitney, like, speeding down the, going full NASCAR, (laughs) and then cut to Lisa Barlow driving 20 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the instructor with her is like, you can go a little faster, you know. Yeah, no, Whitney's I'm good, I'm like, good. Whitney's like, I've passed her four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She always talks a big game. And then, like, she talked a big game about the horses. Oh, I grew up on horses. I'm an equestrian. And then she was like, why isn't my horse going anywhere? Like, she just couldn't. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love her. I love her. But a big question that you asked is... How did we get all the way through this season and the only person that comes out unscathed for the most part is Jinshaw? The actual criminal. Allegedly. (laughs) The actual alleged criminal. Yeah, right? She comes out looking the best. And I think that's what everybody has that conundrum of like, how is she so motherfucking charming that I like her the most out of all of this? When even before we knew about all the crimes, like last season, she was pretty much a monster that just yelled at everybody and took swings and threw glasses. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like, I mean, she should go to prison, but. <laughs> but I love her. <laughs> but I love her. We, I mean, Zen Wen in Potomac, a nightmare, but that we truly were treated to Zen Jen. In season yeah. two, and especially in, in the reunion, like, I love, like, Jenny throwing the class at Mary, and now I'm like, oh god, I know, now I know why she was throwing it. Um, but, like, did you get a cut to, like, Jen being like, oh, I remember when I did that. <laughs> like, they yeah. show her in season one throwing the class and screaming and crying. <laughs> she was yeah. also, like, you know, she also has a, a bit of a drinking problem, I think. Uh, Sharif talks to her about that, and he cries about it. Uh, I also think Sharif is one of the better husbands out there. Uh, he seems like a really empathic, like, chill, smart dude, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, just seeing Jen go, like, I mean, like, well, like when Lisa Renna kind of calmed down very briefly in the history of Beverly Hills and went kind of Yoda, you know? It's, like, it's kind of nice to have that moment. I like watching her just take a step back and be like, all right, I'll let you all be the clown show. Yeah, she did it last year at the reunion, too. Yeah. I mean, and, and she's funny, and, like, they've all said pretty much, like, yeah, you never know what Jen is going to show up to the event, but when she's fun, she's fucking fun. Yeah, she's hilarious. She's a really fun person. And, like, you said she looks the best. I mean, if we want to talk about looks, look at that that purple outfit. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> 
about her hair was amazing. She looked great. She looked she great. She looked great. I like her and Whitney were full soul caliber and it was <laughs> yeah. just awesome. Cuz they the confessional looks on this franchise can be a little uh, questionable, shall we say. Mm, that's a But I thought they it. all looked great at the reunion in their jewel tones. Oh, I didn't did. understand Meredith's outfit. I believe it was a Brooks Marks original. Despite the fact that it didn't have the masking tape with his name all over it. <laughs> How would you know who designed it? Yeah, I think that was him. And I didn't, it just felt like four outfits stapled together. But that's she, not my business. But the color was great. Wasn't she kind of, she was kind of like a Miss Peacock. Like she was wearing like an <laughs> indigo kind of yeah. iridescent. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved Lisa's shoes. Those like orographic shoes, but Jen was the Jen's look was the hands down the best, and I was oh, really yeah. sad when she had to take off the gloves because it did make the look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their, <sighs> their stupid ass ice fishing set. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Where will it go from here? Where will it go from here? I don't know. Jed Shaw's trial is pushed back to July, I believe, for now, and there's a good chance it'll be pushed back again after that so didn't you say they're filming right now they're already filming so she'll definitely be in season three probably the whole season wow yeah although i i do love your fantasy where we get we get the the camera with her behind the glass <laughs> like dr lecter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, detective whitney walks down to the one fold-out chair <laughs> And as she turns the corner, there's this, like, feathers and knives peacock woman. (laughs) Full soul caliber. Oh, dare to dream. (laughs) Dare to dream. Andy Cohen sent a trainee to me. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So good. You wear iris and bow. But not today. But not today. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe Candy Burris has like the most spinoffs out of any housewife. She's like a thousand, including her current one, Candy and the Gang, which I can't wait to watch. Maybe Jin Shaw will get a Women in Prison docuseries. It could be. Why not? Lock up. Yeah, we should be so lucky. Real Housewives of the Clink. Yeah, Real Housewives of Minimum Security. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sign me the fuck up, man. Amazing. I would be there. I would buy that, too. Let me tell you, I wouldn't wait for that to go to Hulu. Oh, no, no. And I'm not gonna... I wouldn't keep fucking with this app. I'll just buy it outright, because I'm so tired of trying to convince this thing to let me watch my stories. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love Housewives. Well, the good news about Housewives is that there are so many fucking franchises that there's always Housewives to watch. There's always something new. Right. You're on New Jersey. There's always a prostitution whore waiting for you to (laughs) flip a table in her direction. I can't wait. I'm going to jump into New Jersey soon. I know it. And then uh, I think I'm going to finish Potomac. Then I'm going to do New Jersey, get started on New Jersey. And then I'll keep doing New Jersey and Atlanta. Yeah. Until our other three come back. And then and then you told me the other day that there's Housewives of Melbourne. Melbourne. There's like Housewives of Johannesburg, Miami. Uh, they're, like they're all over the place. Yeah, so. and all on different services. So All on different again, services. Thank God I got every service during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, it's fun. It's literally like this is, a, this is the closest to... 
the man behind the curtain you'll ever get on Game Lords. <laughs> this is literally just what we do when we aren't talking about horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... No chopping block. How exciting. No chopping block. No upfront business. No nothing. Just lean, mean, housewives, uh, machine. So, I don't know. If there's anybody listening to this who doesn't also listening listen to Gaylords of Darkness, gaylordsofdarkness.com has links to all of our stuff. Right. But otherwise, I mean, we'll be back with this sometime, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you said the words prostitution whore, and I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Well, bye! <laughs> <laughs>